Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Let's dive into today's episode, which is season seven, episode two. Thank you so much for journeying with us. Today's topic, not a typo in the show title, gamification foundational blocks. Uh, I thought we could try doing a few of these throughout the year. Foundational blocks is going to be what are sort of those building blocks to a gamified class, why I like them, why they're used, why you might want to consider using this, and why many of you are, are already doing unintentional gamification. And while you might be seeing some benefits from the unintentional use of gamification, man, you know, if you know me, you know I love the word intentional or intentionality, if you would apply gamification and its principles with more intentionality, you will see even greater gains. Today's topic is about teams. Now, uh, before we get started, uh, just a reminder, definitely you guys could uh, leave a comment on this podcast. I would love a review on this podcast on the Apple platform. That would be awesome and super helpful. And also... Uh, if you could, if you want to join in the conversation, use the hashtag WellPlayedPodcast and tag me at Mr. Matera if it's Twitter and at Mr. Matera EDU if it is Instagram. Love to hear your thoughts on how you are using Teams, how maybe this opened up an idea for you and that you are now thinking about using more intentional gamification in your class. All right, let's dive right in. All right, teams. Teams are central to games, right? When we think about the the popular sports that are in our world, most of the the kind of the big ones in the world are team based. Even something like uh, Formula One, which I think might be the most watched sport. Is that true? Someone can tell me in the uh, in the Twitterverse if I got that wrong, but. That's entirely a team sport, right? Because you got that pit crew, you got the the management crew around the whole like car, and yes, you have the singular driver. But then you look at things like soccer, football, baseball, basketball. These are all sort of big team sports. So the thing I kind of want to start with is that it's it's very game like to be on teams and. The it puts you kind of right in the action when you're in a team. Like you already know today's going to be a kind of a different day. So when we're talking about in class, the moment you kind of put them in some sort of team structure, the, the fabric, the fabric of your class sort of changes and the fabric of that activity feels different than before. And I love, love, love that. Um, the other thing is... Teams allow you to sort of, if you wish, create kind of a skin or an archetype with the team they're in. So this is a bonding opportunity, right? This uh, is another thing about teams. It produces kind of a, dare I say, like like a, a community feel, right? Uh, but but even drilled down, like a, a niche of the community is this particular group of people. They bond with each other. They care about the outcomes of each other. In short, they can help take care of each other. There's kind of a safety in numbers, and I love this when we're talking about 
the classroom, right? Because this idea of safety in numbers is huge, right? We all as educators know that you have a wide variety of students who have different talents. Uh, and, you know, sometimes when you, when you develop something for a, a subset of your class, it kind of means the rest of the class might feel like they can't do it. But you put them in teams and the ones that love it can kind of lead the way a little bit, which gives them a little micro leadership sort of experience. And they sort of shepherd the others along the way. And all of a sudden, you now have sort of broadened the horizons for those other students because now some of them get it. Now some of them, I'm not talking about content here. I'm talking about things that they just didn't think was possible for themselves before. And now, because of this, this group, this community that they're in, they can now do that uh, just smoother, easier, and um kind of this idea that the team can do what the individual can't even imagine right we've all heard that quote that the the smartest person in the room is the room itself it's it's the togetherness of the room same's true for the groups within your class and uh i love this and if you're building in a gamified class like a longer term grouping uh, if you've read Explore Like a Pirate, uh, I advocate in there that you should probably make groups that are like almost by the quarter in your class because there's something you gain by allowing kids to work together over and over again. That, that long-term trajectory is huge in terms of what they can develop together and do together. But there's other times where you're doing kind of a one-day activity or maybe a multi-day activity, or what I just described as guilds. These are sort of three different levels of the team mentality. And I kind of want to just briefly sort of talk about those three and how you might be able to use them in your class. All right, let's let's start on the big, because I had kind of already teed that up, right? If you did the quarter-long grouping, you can work on group skills, which we all say as educators is something that the market wants, colleges want, you know, but are we really servicing those, those skills when we just put people in one-day groups? I'd argue we're not getting to that deeper group work skill when we do that. So I teach sixth graders. I got to tell you, like having them work for a quarter together really starts starts to do the work maybe maybe i should make it you know by thirds of the year because it's really i don't know it takes time to understand the strengths of each other and and then once you understand the strengths it takes time to start leaning into make maximizing efficiency with your group knowing that like oh i should give this to her and i should work with this person on this and together oh we should take this guy's ideas for that and you know that all takes time to get to that kind of efficiency. And I think it's important that we give kids that opportunity to get to that level so that they understand the power of group work. Because I think a lot of kids are used to the one-day activities or just the multi-day maybe group project. And grouping or being in groups, a lot of kids have kind of a bad taste in their mouth because they've had that experience where they did all the work or that people fought or whatever, because they're in the stage one of grouping. They're exploring each other's talents and they're ruffling each other's feathers. They're pushing each other's buttons to somewhat learn what buttons to not push. But 
when you never get the chance to use that knowledge in an effective way, like to not push that button, uh, that's, you know, we're leaving them, we're, <laughs> we're switching groups when that payoff of understanding that was about to happen. So there's my pitch for long-term groups. And I do, I do all three of these levels. I probably should have told you that, that I, I do the short-term one day, the multi-day and the guilds. But what I try to do is center most of my things around that guild, right? They're always sitting with their guild. There's a lot of times we're doing guild type activities. Pretty much uh, most of the time I'm getting them in teams or groups. It is just with their guild. So that happens on the daily, right? But like by definition, they have to sit with each other. So like for sure, even if it's not a group activity, they're in that group. Then let's take a look at that kind of one-day and multi-day activities and why grouping is so important, so foundational to the gamified class. Again, that, that, that fun comes in partially because this produces that game-like atmosphere. There's teams, right? Like, yeah, think about the sports, right? I always tell a joke with kids that, you know, uh, how much we argue about sports and how much... We really, truly like internalize that our team is better than that other team, right? But at the end of the day, you're talking about another city in America. You're talking about other Americans that go and do the same things that we do. Like, But we, we somewhat in sports, loosely I'm going to use this term, demonize the that other side like right everybody has those arch rivals a bunch of people are just kind of like yeah they're just the other team we play but then that arch rival you almost demonize but the reality is they're just another city in america like we don't actually hate that other team we don't actually hate those other people right but that's almost the language we use when it's that sunday game uh at least i've overheard that from other people and you know there's something about that that there's there's that team mentality that that die hard this is us and what i where that happens in games right we see that we see that in our sports for example so even in a one day activity the moment you put them in teams and for a one day activity they're not in their guild groupings that are going to be long lasting i might just have them pair off i may count off by numbers i may draw popsicle sticks whatever that made those groups they know that's their team today right and so there's there's a little gusto you can hear it in my voice right they just they kind of their stature grew the fact that they were put on a team that's foundational to a gamified class and so Think about ways to sort of add group work, even on the daily, to your class. I think it's super powerful. The multi-day activities are kind of the nice balance between the long-term guild and the one-day activity. Uh, what I like this one, I don't think you capture a lot of the group skills that I want that come out of the guilds, but you do gain um, some efficiency by the multi-day. If you're doing a multi-day activity, they already know their groupings. We have a lot of activities on EMC2 that the the groupings, the multi-day groupings help with this, right? Because you, you're not using any time to regroup and understand the group. They understand the group. They understand the activity. And you kind of can smooth that out. That's super nice uh, for those teachers and for the students, really the end user of that experience. Um what I like 
kind of for all of these one day, multi day, and guild based things. For you, the teacher, and hopefully the, the sort of game designer, they're easier to sort of create more complex games or activities, like the rules around the challenge we're doing today. Uh, they can be more game-like, more board game, card game, video game-like than it can be for individuals, right? We are the bottleneck as teachers in this, as the game designer, uh, in terms of what we can manage, right? If we were playing a video game, the video game is managing all sorts of points and time and score and gold and things they bought and inventory. Like, oh my gosh, it can be a really rich game because the game itself can carry that weight same with the board game there's like tracks on the board that might you know show you your score and there might be like if you've ever played ticket to ride you've seen you i'm putting my trains down i have claimed that route i now know that the other routes are clearly defined because there are little colors there that match the cards like there's just a lot of things the game does for you that you don't have to hold in your head and what i like about group activities is you can get the game to be more complicated because you're not trying to do it on an individual basis, right? If if you're a high school teacher that teaches 157 students, if you tried to run a game only on the individual basis, if I had to update 157 students all the time for every aspect of my game, the game would have to be really tiny and thus not as interesting. It would be It would flatten it out. And what I like about doing group activities is it starts to be more, the game starts to be more complex, more three-dimensional and less flat, 2D. And you can, you can add some gamification elements to it. Uh, things on EMC2 that you might want to look at if you are one of the engagement engineers is check out things like TextQuest. That already has a gamified model over it. It's a multi-day, five-day, eight-day, your choice gamified model that kind of clicks in but it's worth playing the game it's kids understand the points kids understand the game uh another one would be sundown showdown fantastic there's two seasons up there we're almost done with season three and season three and all the others there's a game there there's there's a maybe 10 minute explainer that you have to kind of explain but they're in groups so they can take that they're in teams they feel good and the game produces better complex outcomes for our students learning too which is so cool right when you think about those video games and those board games how they're able to achieve more and more complexity it's because the game can shoulder some of that complexity the board is showing you some information the computer is keeping track of some things if you're just doing a worksheet that's kind of one-dimensional again right game wise at least right it might be practicing the skill you want but it's pretty one-dimensional you put them in those teams, you can all of a sudden add a few more rules, a few more dimensions. And this is what I love about that building out of a gamified class and a gamified experience is I want it to be game-like. I want them to level up or earn points or be able to mess with each other with certain power-ups or whatever. But all that becomes more manageable when you're laying that on the shoulders of teams as opposed to the shoulders of individuals. And then the throughput for me Instead of having 30 kids in a classroom trying to use power-ups at me, if I only have five teams or six teams, now I only have six, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, people 
trying to interact with me, that the, the bottleneck to the entire game. So, I mean, truly, teams are something I use all the time. It is kind of the basis and start of most of my activities is thinking, how are they going to do this together? There are so many skills, right? I, I have not spent much of this podcast talking about the skills that are gained through team-based activities, but those are very teachery answers. I was trying to show you the game reason, the fundamental reason to use them in your gamified class. Uh, start thinking, start imagining what you can do in teams and in groups. Give them some time to even bond as a team. Uh, I let my guilds name their guilds. Right now I'm in the middle of the Greece unit where they've been assigned a team so they, they didn't get to like come up with the name. They are the city-state of Athens or Sparta or whatever. But uh, I gave them time to sort of make a flag for their for their team and I you know come up with a handshake. These things. Uh, maybe it's sixth gradey, but uh, I'll tell you the sixth grade love it and they embody it and it emboldens, emboldens them and it binds them together. That comes back to that fundamental uh, aspect of teams. It's a building block. It's fundamental uh, to our 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 class game and our class experience for students. All right, everybody. That is all I have for our gamification foundational blocks. Uh, hopefully you check out some of the other ones that we do this year, uh, this season. It's just, I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. As always, I'd love to hear from you. And as, as always, for sure, I want you to have a great day and play on.